Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello, and welcome into another edition of the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. I am your host, Jake Anderson. First, I want to just apologize for the length and delay of postings. Um, no excuses on my end, but to make up for it, I thought we were going to have a special two-guest edition, and we'll also talk a little bit about uh, Jose Mourinho, uh, UEFA Champions League, and Europa League, just because it all happened this week, and let's be honest, I'm probably the only AS Roma supporter you know. So, I just want to get right into it. First guest is going to be Kevon Lambert. No introduction needed there. One of the longest tenured guys on the team, still the number six, the Jamaican. I'm going to bring him on first. Then... I'm going to bring on the brand new MLS Loney goalkeeper, Ben Lunt, who is coming over from SC Cincinnati. He is the reigning 2020 USL Championship Goalkeeper of the Year and has spent the last two seasons at Louisville City on loan. He did not, however, face Phoenix Rising in the 2018 final because he was drafted by FC Cincinnati 37th overall in the 2019 MLS Super Draft after his three years at Akron. So without further ado... Let me bring on my first guest of the day, Phoenix Rising midfielder, Kevin Lambert. Kevin, good to see you again, man. How you doing? Hey, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I'm How doing well. How are you, man? Good to see you again. I'm doing good, too. Good to see you, too. It's good talking to you. So, uh, just first off, congrats on uh, making Team of the Week, man. First game of the season. Uh, how's that feel? Uh, thank you. Um, I mean, it feels really good to be in the Team of the Week um, after the first game. Uh, we've been like training really hard over the past couple of months preseason. Even though it was a tough preseason, we just like stuck to the plan, believe in in the plan we had, and um, the hard work really paid off so far. So it was it's a it's a really good feeling to be in the team of the week for the first after the first game. So now that the first week is over, you guys won. Um, you know, I won't sugarcoat it. I, media, myself, I, we weren't easy on you guys. And and I wrote, I mean, you guys surprised the crap out of me with how how well you guys really played. And, and you really played as a, as a team, as a unit. Like, everyone played really well. Coming into that match against San Diego, what was the feeling around the team? What, I mean, what was that? Was there a sense of pressure? Was this like, okay, now this is week one. This is for three points. This is, this is real. This is no longer preseason. Yeah, we only had... Um... One thing in mind, and like, was to go in that game um, positive. We had a good um, game plan, so we we were just focused. Um, we were pretty motivated um, after um, preseason. We had like tough results, so we know it was time to time to go. You know, so we were really motivated, and we just had one thing in mind, and was to get three points. So, I mean, was there anything that specifically clicked for you guys? Because I, I don't know if you know the stats, but, I mean, you outshot them 25 to 3, which means you had more goals than they had shots. Their first shot wasn't even until, like, the 70th minute, you know? So, yeah. what was it that you guys were able to do that, I mean, you, you dominated San Diego? Um, I think we worked to get together um, defensively. Uh, we The way we play, like, we, we want to press teams – and go after them, win balls, and go forward. So I think, like, 
the way they were trying to play, it suited us like really well. So they kind of played into what we were, what we really wanted. So they were trying to play out of the back and we were pressing and stuff like that. So it worked out pretty well. So speaking of the defense, uh, you got your teammate James Musa back, but instead of splitting time with him in the midfield, he's actually playing behind you now as a center back. What is that like having him behind you now that, you know, the two center backs from last year, Corey Whelan and Damian Lowe, are gone? Uh, it's a really good feeling to have James back here in the team. He's not in midfield beside me anymore. He's behind me. So that's that's pretty good. It's different. But, I mean, he's a great player. He leads. And um, with him being around there and seeing the game from a different angle and everything, he and me in front of him, he kind of leads me and um, just, like, give the right instructions and everything. And I think he's really good just by doing all that, too. Um, he's, he's a leader overall, so having him there is really good. And then on the other side of that, Aiden Quinn is a new teammate of yours playing alongside you in the midfield. What is that relationship like, as well as I, John, who you've actually been playing for for a few years now? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, they're both, like, great players, too. And um, to be honest, I prefer having Aiden playing with me than playing against him, you know. We've been playing um, against each other, and it's always, like, a, a battle in the midfield. So with him being... Next to me in the midfield, it's it's really good for for the team. Yeah, I can imagine that after watching you guys for the last four years, that that's been a name on the other side. It's come up quite a lot as well. Yeah. So I mean, you got a you got to score a goal on opening night. You got to do your trademark flip celebration in front of the crowd. So just just take me through that moment. What's going through your head once you see the ball go in the back of the net? I mean, it was a great feeling to be honest. Like. It's all of our, all of us's um like dream to like score in the first game of the season, especially with um for us being in a new stadium, new new facility, new everything, having our fans back in the stadium. Felt like two years ago with when everything was normal, you know. So it it felt like amazing just to score a goal in the opening night in the new stadium. So now looking ahead to Oakland on Saturday, obviously they're a USL newcomer, haven't played in this league before, not a uh -huh. ton of film on them. How how do you guys prepare for a team that you, know, you haven't played before and don't really have uh, that much film to look at? I mean, we just got to go into the game with the same mentality as before for the three points, no matter um, how they play, what they do. We just got to play as usual, stick together and work hard and try to get the win. Um, we don't know a lot about them, so we got to just um, expect anything. So we we will be ready for um, whatever whatever they come with and hopefully we come out, come out with the three points again. So is there any different feeling on the training ground this week compared to last week at all? Just obviously coming off of a, a big 4-1 win? Uh, the feeling and um, the environment training has been pretty good, energetic. Uh, the guys are happy. And uh, 
I can see that um, the guys are ready to go again. So after that 4-1 win, I mean, we just we're we're hungry, humble, and just like ready to get more. And then uh, what uh, what hairstyle should we be expecting on Saturday, or is that a secret? <laughs> uh, Saturday, I'm thinking about it, but I everyone likes the fro. They want me to keep the fro. I mean. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep it, but I think I'm going to go with the throw again for, for this Saturday. I love it. I love it. Does it does it affect you at all when you play? I mean, does it bug you at all, or does anything affect uh, that? No, no, not at all. I don't even, like, notice it or anything. It doesn't get in my way or anything. So, I mean, apart, I, I think maybe I had, like, a chance in that game, in the San Diego game. I think the a header, the ball. I think it bro. <laughs> Maybe if I didn't have the throw, I would have judged it right. But it is, it is what it is. But I'm, I think I'm going to go with the throw again. I mean, it makes you taller by definition. Defensively, <laughs> you you won't lose any headers. Not that you lose that yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you watched the Champions League matches? I don't want to spoil them for you. If you have remaining to watch them later. Uh, yeah, I actually just watched the Chelsea-Real Madrid game. Okay, so now that we know who the finalists are, it's going to be Man City, it's going to be Chelsea. Who you got in the final? Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, you never know. It's the Champions League final. I mean, any team can take it. At, whenever it reaches, like, to quarterfinals, semifinals, you can't rule out a team. So anything is possible. So, I don't even know, but the better team will win. And then uh, another question, uh, not related to Phoenix Rising. I'm a, a Roma supporter, and, and yesterday they, they signed Jose Mourinho to be their, their manager for next season. Just uh, your thoughts on Jose Mourinho, just because he's one of those managers that everyone seems to you know have an opinion on, obviously. Uh, he's, a, he's a successful manager. Can't take that from him. He's done a lot for a lot, a lot, of, clu- a lot of clubs, a lot of players. Uh, with him going there, I think it's going to be really good. Um, and, like, hopefully he gets the job done he, um, there. He has a, like, successful season. I mean, I wish him all the best. All right. And then last question I have for you, I'll let you go, Kev, is uh, in American football, there's a term called a trap game, uh, which means a game that a, a team has another game behind that that they might be looking forward to a little bit more. Um, and I'm alluding that to you because you guys play Tampa uh, next week, which obviously in comparison to Oakland, uh, we know a lot more about Tampa than Oakland. But my question is, how do you guys make sure you stay focused at the task at hand? Not saying that you're not going to, but just as a professional footballer, how do you guys make sure you do that every single week? Uh, for us, our, um, our coach, Rick Shantz, always um, tells us just to – Focus on the game. I had one game ahead, like the game we have um, in a week. So whenever we play that game, then we focus on the other game. So we're usually like locked in um, for the game coming. And then after we play that game, then we focus on the other game. So we usually take it like a game at a time. All right, Kev. Well, thank you very much for your time. I will see you on Saturday night with a full throw. All right. Thanks, Jake. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again, Kev. See ya.
All right, bye. Thank you. And that was Phoenix Rising midfielder number six in Jamaican International, Kevon Lambert. I'm going to keep it moving right along. So without further ado, let me bring on my very next guest, Ben Lund, goalkeeper on loan from FC Cincinnati. Ben, how you doing, man? Nice to meet you. I'm, uh, I'm Jake Anderson with 98.7 Arizona Sports Station. We're the radio station out here in Phoenix. We cover all the major pro teams. And obviously, I cover Phoenix Rising personally. Nice to meet you in this uh, you know, crazy COVID world that we live in where we had to do everything through a Zoom call. Nice to meet you. From my understanding, you got into town on Tuesday night? Uh, yes, Tuesday night, missed my flight, actually my connection flight in Minneapolis, my flight from Cincinnati, I had a delay, and came into town, yeah, Tuesday night, and trained Wednesday. Okay, so how are you liking the valley so far? Yeah, good, it's, it's hot, uh, (laughs) what I'm, what I'm used to from, from Ohio, and, uh, even Kentucky, but it's it's a different heat. It's it's dry, not not as humid, so it's it's actually not too bad. And um, yeah, I was getting getting used to the time difference a little bit. So overall, it's been it's been good, but getting adjusted still. Yeah, it's good that you identify that it's a dry heat right away. That's uh, definitely yeah, exactly. Um, have they told you how hot it's going to get though? Because it's going to get much hotter. I think it was already a hundred degrees and they just said that's nothing. So mm-hmm. I don't know how hot it's going to be, but uh, I'm a little scared. So the joke around here is everything above 110 feels the same. Okay. There will be maybe, I'm, I don't, I'm not praying for it, but there might be a kickoff or two that might be right around 110, 109 when you guys get going. But I will say, Phoenix Rising's home record in the summer is immaculate, and I can okay. say the heat definitely has something to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but since you have been able to train for the last couple of days, what do you think of the facilities and the stadium? Because this is brand new for Phoenix Rising. Yeah. No, it's, it's super nice. The training uh, facility is super good. The, the training pitch is very good. Uh, I wasn't able to go into the stadium yet but from what i've seen on pictures it's it's looking it's looking really nice and uh it looks like it's it's going to be a fortress here in uh in phoenix and um excited excited to play here excited to play in front of the fans meet the fans so uh yeah so obviously looking up a little bit about you you're you're from germany uh you played your youth career with hertha berlin before you moved over and yes. uh, went to college in the United States. So can you kind of just walk me through your, your path until you got uh, until you got drafted by the by Cincinnati? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, so I played for Hertha Berlin um, for four years from the under-17s to the second team. Uh, been in the first team a lot, was on the bench in the, in the Bundesliga game. Um, but then it didn't really work out the way I wanted to. Um, I could have stayed at Hertha, but then, you know, decided to to try something different and yeah college soccer was seemed to be the perfect option to to get a degree and um, also play soccer on a high really high level and keep that dream alive of of uh, pursuing you know professional soccer and then yeah I had really successful three years uh, in Akron um, made it to the college college cup twice one final that we unfortunately lost to Maryland and um, yeah went to the combine had a really good combine. Cincinnati liked me. They picked me up, um, loaned me out two years to to Louisville. Started this year with Cincinnati, and uh, yeah, now I'm in Phoenix. So, kind of take us through the last couple of years with Louisville, because 
from a Phoenix perspective, when they think of Louisville, they think of the 18 final. You weren't there. Yeah. But yeah. Louisville is kind of one of those top clubs in the Eastern Conference that Phoenix will only really see in a final. So what is it like for you to play for Lou City? And then obviously, you know, you're the defending league goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. No, uh, playing, playing for Louisville uh, was, was great. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot and matured a lot um, as a professional athlete. Um, it's a really mature team over there in Louisville, uh, a lot of leadership. So I feel like I really m- matured and became the professional that I am uh, right now. Um, over there playing playing in the East, you know, Phoenix Phoenix always seems to be the team to beat if you want to win um, a national championship. So we always had an eye on Phoenix. Uh, we, we thought last year if we would, like, we, we, the focus was winning the Eastern final and then we, we knew we would, would play uh, Phoenix. So always, uh, we always had an eye on Phoenix, uh, would, would follow what they, what they are doing, how, they are, how their season is going. But um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I really like playing for Louisville. Um, played two years uh, in the in the East. I think I've done really well. Like you said, one goalkeeper of the year, and um, yeah, it seems to be that now is the time for me to do it in the in the West. So speaking of changing conferences, we've seen a, a lot of movement uh, all over the league. But something I always hear is how the East plays a little differently than the West. Um, obviously, you haven't been in the West yet, but I've heard that the East is a very physical game. It's a it's a lot. Not that the West isn't, but on the East, you'll you'll see a lot more of it than on the West. Are you? Is that something you've heard? Is that something you've been told? Is that something you've noticed as well? Um, I would. I I can't really say that I've noticed it because I haven't played a game yet in the West. Uh, or you know, I I knew the East very well for playing for two years there. Um, yeah. So not much I can really say, but. Uh, you know, the advantage is no, nobody from this team in Phoenix, he has played Oakland, for example, that we're going to play tomorrow. So I think we're all at the same uh, on the same page and um, I think we're all prepared for tomorrow. But uh, yeah, in, in terms of playing style, uh, I feel like Phoenix, um, we're playing a little bit more direct. We want to get the ball up high quickly to our forwards to where we have you know, a bunch of quality. And in Louisville, we were just we were focusing more on keeping the ball and um, moving from side to side and opening up the opponent. And here in, in Phoenix, we'll, we'll just try to go go up the field quickly. So I, I was reading uh, the press release, and it said that you said that the situation wasn't right in Cincy. Uh, obviously, you mean that in a good way, but could you just further elaborate on uh, what you mean by that? Yeah, I mean... Playing, playing two successful years in Louisville um, that made Cincinnati really want me back, and I've, it, it, I've you know, I felt they had a, they had a plan for me in Cincinnati. But um, obviously, a new coach, a coach that didn't draft me, um, so he brought his his own players, and it, it felt like he was holding on to his his players. Uh, he he also brought in another goalkeeper that he played with when he was uh, an active player, so. Yeah, that means the the situation wasn't right for me to you know to push to uh, yeah to push for playing time or you know even be in the eighteen what I thought was originally the plan, but um, yeah, so that's that's just the overall situation. But obviously, wish them best of luck over there in Ohio. Yeah, and and I just wanted you to to you know be able to explain that to the fans because yeah that obviously a lot a lot of clubs if you get a new manager they're going to want to bring in yeah. their their own guys kind of thing. 
So turning it over to Phoenix now, when you when you had that first conversation with Rick or with Bobby, what were those conversations like? I mean, were they were they telling you, hey, hey, you know, come to Phoenix. We we got a couple injured goalkeepers. We could really use you. And now they're trying to yeah the trophy. Yeah, um, th- that's my that that's basically my that was my first uh, conversation with Rick. Um, th- he told me they had some some bad luck on the goalkeeping position. Um, I talked to Corey, the goalkeeping coach. He said they've been following me for a while. They watched me actually in, in college. They watched me on the, at the combine, so they knew about me. And you know, they, both of them said that they watched a lot of games from Louisville and, and watched me quite a bit. So uh, it felt like they knew a lot about me. And uh, so th- those conversations were really good. And um, yeah, I'm here to step in right away. I feel really con- confident and um, yeah, ready to go this weekend. Did you get a phone call or anything, a text message from Aiden Quinn? I know you guys didn't go to school at the same time, but, you are, you know, your fellow Zips. Yeah, it's it's actually a funny story. So he played at Akron um, before me. He played in Louisville just before me. He played at Cincinnati also before me. So we kind of share the same pass, but we never um, played together. But uh, he gave me a nice shout out on Twitter. It's funny, you're kind of just following them around, but you guys are finally teammates now. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, by the sound of it, I mean, do you expect to to start on Saturday or or do you expect to be getting into the starting 11 pretty soon? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, anywhere I go, I, I want to play and, you know, um, push for playing time, no matter if it was in Louisville or Cincinnati. And like I said, the situation wasn't, wasn't right for me where I could push for minutes. Um, yeah, so now I'm here, so I'm, I'm confident that um, I can push for minutes really soon. So, without without telling too much about lineups for for the opponent. No, yes, I know. Rick, Rick is uh, Rick's very good at not giving away his lineups um, yes. as much as we try to try to get it out of him. Um, yeah. Moving on to your career as a footballer. Using this season, what are your goals for this season and, and to to elevate your career uh, in the future? Yeah, obviously, not being able to push for playing time in Cincinnati, I put a little chip on my shoulder. First, you know, starting the season with Cincinnati, I wasn't I wasn't in the 18. Um, that was, yeah, that turned into a little bit frustration. And like I said, put a chip on my shoulder. But this frustration now turned into motivation and I am twice as much motivated. And yeah, now I'm in Phoenix and my goal is to to win a national championship here. I came close uh, at Akron winning a championship, you know, twice played a college cup twice, won finals that we've lost. Um, 2019, we lost the final against uh, the Monarchs. Um, in yeah, last year, we lost against Tampa in the final. So it's really time for a championship for me. And I think Phoenix is a, you know, is, is the club to do that. And again, um, I'm not putting pressure on myself to like win um, goalkeeper of the year again. Um, but you know, with a with a good season and good results, you know, other things are coming. And again, a little bit frustration for me early this year, but that certainly has turned into into motivation now. Well, that is uh, certainly always a good thing to hear that you have a, a chip on your shoulder. It gives you a reason to want to go out and prove yourself yeah. in training in every match. I think another thing that's interesting is because you've played for a team like Louisville, I think 
you will understand kind of the the pressure that goes along with playing for a team like that. And and I don't think Phoenix is much different. And my question is, what is the perception of Phoenix when you're not here? And then now that you are here, uh, what is that like? And, and kind of do you, has anyone talked to you kind of about how, you know, I don't even think it needs to be explained. It's just that the pressure that is from the fans, the pressure that's from the ownership, the pressure that's on yourself because you're a footballer that wants to win every match. Yeah, no, I mean, playing in the East, everyone knows Phoenix is a powerhouse in the West, uh, is, a, is a team that pushes for a national championship. But to, to be honest, the same expectations are in Louisville. Uh, you know, they, they have a great fan base. They just got a new stadium, new training facility. So there was a lot of pressure on us last year, uh, especially with the new stadium uh, opening. But yeah, I mean, it's my job to deal with that pressure. And uh, playing for Louisville also it taught me that, you know, Sometimes you have games where, where 90 minutes, nothing nothing happens. And then you have to make one save. And, and you never know when, when that's going to be. And it feels uh, the same, it's the same situation here in Phoenix where, where the team wants to dominate a game. But you just need to be sharp and, and help the team out with one, two big saves. And uh, I feel like I've dealt with that pressure really well. Yeah, the pressure is on. We want to make it to, to another final. So that's why I'm here. Uh, I know how to win games in the USL under pressure. And again, that's why I'm here. And I think I can uh, I can do it for Phoenix as well. All right. So I have a couple more questions for you that are going to be non-USL related. They're going to be yeah. Champions League, Europa League related. So now that we have a Champions League final and a Europa League final, I just want to get your predictions between City and Chelsea and then between Villarreal and Manchester United. Yeah, I would say it's it's time for Guardiola to win another Champions League final. So I say 2-0 win over Chelsea. Okay, and then for Villarreal and Manchester United? Um, I also think that uh, Manchester United is going to win. So I think we're going to see two English teams uh, taking a trophy home. Both Manchesters? Yes, both Manchester. I think they, they seem to have it together this year. Okay, and then my last question, uh, because I'm probably the only Roma fan that you will meet in the United States, okay. I feel like, especially in Arizona. But obviously, they just hired Jose Mourinho, and I uh, just want to get your take on uh, on the special one. Yeah, the special one, um, I don't know. Seems to, it seems like that he has to, you know, it's time for him to prove it again. So uh, I think Roma seems to, to be the perfect, perfect club to do that. You know, a little bit underdog position in, in Europe. Uh, you know they they have to find that success in 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 Italy again. Uh, so I think for if you look at his career, perfect club to do it again. Yeah, it, it kind of seems to be the consensus. It's it's yeah. a bad breakup. It's the right right couple, the right time. Sure. All right, yeah. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your day. I know you're you're busy doing film sessions and everything, but uh, thank you again for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, sorry I made you wait, and uh, anytime. No, you're fine, man. I'll see you on Saturday. Okay, see you, see you on Saturday. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye. And that was Phoenix Rising's newest goalkeeper, Ben Lunt, on loan from MLS's FC Cincinnati. Now, I want to move to the last part of this episode, which is going to be my take on Roma's hire of Jose Mourinho. Uh, just right off the bat, I want to say I'm very happy about the move, but to understand why... You need to understand where I'm coming from, where Roma is coming from. 
A, the style of play that Jose plays, obviously we all know, is a counterattacking style, very tactical. We have seen how his tactics no longer really work to the same success level he's used to having in the Premier League. And in my opinion, that's just because of the physical nature of and style of play in the Prem. You have the best athletes in the world. You have to be both a top technical player and a top physical player to be able to excel at the very highest level in England. And that's something that's not easy to do. And it's very, very hard to sustain. I think Jose will have a much, I don't want to say easier time, but he will have a better time coming back to Italy in a league that is very tactical and and less physical. If you see the likes of Ashley Cole, who came from Chelsea to Roma, he even talked about how the game is just completely different. It's a tactical phenomenon compared to a more physical game that we see in the Prem. So I think he will have success in City, uh, more success than he did at Spurs or, or Manchester United. Um, now, those are completely different clubs. I'm throwing Roma in there as well in terms of historical success, in terms of the pressure that comes from the fans and everything. But overall, he will definitely be, his tactics will be better utilized in Italy, which is a league that uses more tactical play and slower buildups than it does in England, where you see constant high pressure, you see constant back and forth, end-to-end stuff. That's just not really the City odd game. So the reason why I'm ecstatic about it is because Roma went from February 28th being third in City A. They went on an 11-match in-league play where they only got eight points. That's two wins, two draws, and seven losses, some two teams that are battling relegation, which is just unacceptable for a team like Roma. Most people don't consider Roma to be a top club. They're, they're kind of an underdog club. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. I think Ben's uh, is calling them an underdog type of club is, is really who they are. They're not a super team. I'm very proud of that, by the way. I think Jose Mourinho, although that hasn't really been brought up, he is someone who came from nothing and has not said it publicly, but I think there was something to do with Spurs being a super club in him because that him getting sacked right before a final in a year where he's had success over Pep Guardiola, again, it just doesn't make sense to me, the timing of it on Spurs' behalf. For Roma, I'm ecstatic that he's going to be here at the beginning of the 21-22 season. Fun fact, Pep Guardiola used to play for Roma in his playing days. There's a lot of people in this world that used to play for or used to manage Roma, and you'd actually be quite surprised. So Roma, since that February 28th, being in third place in Serie Juventus wasn't even in the top three at the time. They're still not. They might not even make it. But Roma has now fallen to seventh place. They're two points ahead of eighth, and it's just the fact of the matter. They might not even make Europe next season, which for a team like Roma who hasn't won a trophy – in almost 15 years, that's something that I honestly am not even that upset about because if you can give the team a season to just focus on one competition and then, you know, the illustrious second seasons that he has, although it didn't quite turn out the same way for Spurs, it'll be exciting to see if he can get Roma back into the Champions League by having them finish in the top four. And then who knows? We'll see because Roma just had a new ownership come in a little over a year ago, and 
This is their third ownership group in a little over a decade. This is going to be their 11th manager in that same time. It's going to be the 10th person, but 11th managerial change, Claudio Ranieri. Uh, the former manager has came back in a caretaker role a couple years ago. Um, he won the Prem with Leicester, obviously. Uh, Rudy Garcia is the current coach of Lyon and did really well in the Champions League last year, beat Juventus. Uh, he is a former manager. Luis Enrique is a former manager of Roma as well. Um, Fabio Capello is actually the manager of Roma the last time they won, and that was in 2000, 2001. So you can see how it's been a long time for Roma in terms of their lifting of trophies. I mean, if we want to talk about any silverware, the last actual piece of silverware they lifted would have been a 2013 MLS All-Star game, and I was there, so lucky me. But the ownership is a new billionaire ownership, and, and it's not new money, it's old money, meaning its generations have been passed on to this new ownership group where they know how to make money and use money by spending a lot of it. They're not going to be a team that is buying players on the cheap and then selling them, you know, for what I used to call the Roma summer buyout sale. I mean, it, it was kind of ridiculous at one point. The amount of players that exist that have been sold by Roma after playing for them and playing at a very high level, it's kind of sickening. I mean, just to just to name a few of those guys, Alisson is, and Mohamed Salah are probably the biggest, but you also have uh, Manolas, you have Rudiger, Pjanic, Marquinhos, Lamela, uh, Emerson, Paredes. I mean, these are guys that are just about to be in the Champions League final or were in the Champions League final. I mean, most people have heard of these guys. So, and that's just in the last five years or so. So the last part I will say is Roma's new owners are going to have to be spending money. There's no way Jose Mourinho accepted this job without the knowledge that he was going to have some financial support. And Roma's team just in general is just not good. It's not set up for this. The, the, the current coach, Paulo Fonseca, was not hired by these owners. The previous GM who put this entire team together was not hired by the owners, and now there's a new GM, and he's Portuguese, which is why I'm not really surprised by the Jose Mourinho hire. It's kind of the the perfect timing for a guy that wants to still be in football and, and revamp his career, and the last couple stops haven't really gone too well. And Roma's a team that, well, they don't have the success to back it. The Spurs have the success to back it. I mean, they have that Champions League final. Roma went to a Europa League final and, excuse me, a Europa League semifinal and a Champions League semifinal. They're the last City Yacht Club to do that, by the way. Juventus didn't, uh, is the last team to make a final for the City Yacht, but they did that well before Roma did in 2017-18. So you see the front three for Roma right now, they're three, they equal 100 years old. And that's not a joke when you have Mkhitaryan, Pedro, and, and, and Dzeko, which are three names that everyone's heard of, but they're old. And in today's game and, and a Jose Mourinho-type game, your your attacking players are going to have to be able to move, right? Your your number nine is going to have to be able to hold that ball and, and flick, it onto, flick it onto the wings, which is why it was fun to see the likes of, of, of Son and, and Harry Kane get to play together, but a crazy 2020 and, and injuries obviously derailed that amongst other things. So I'll, uh, I'll digress on my, my Roma speech here, but 
just remember that Jose Mourinho won the treble in 29, or excuse me, in 2009-10. Um, and guess who finished second? Roma finished second by two points. Roma lost in the Cup Italia final. Roma has finished second 17 times, 1-7, in all comps since last lifting a title and have only won three trophies since, which are only just the domestic cups. I say only because obviously you want to win your domestic league. And that's something I can't really say I've seen. I was, I was, I was a boy. I was too young to really appreciate and understand what was happening at that time. So as a fan, I've kind of even put it in my head that they're never going to win, but this is, this is a, this is, this is just cool for, for Roma, for the, the future of the club, where it's headed. So I'll leave it at that. Phoenix Rising taking on Oakland Roots in the first match that they'll ever be in in USL. So that'll be interesting. We're not really sure what we're going to see because they changed managers a week before the season started. So you heard Rick earlier this week asking his uh, colleagues around the league, a lot of the coaching network that he's in for, for tape and to get eyes on whatever Oakland might throw at them. But as you just heard from Ben Lunt, you know, they're ready for anything and, and they understand the pressure that's on them and they thrive in that pressure and give themselves a chip on their shoulder because let's face it, myself, I did not think that they were going to perform the way that they did. Not that I thought that they didn't have that ability, but based off the fact that there was nothing that I saw throughout the preseason that would have made me even bet a single penny that 4-1 was going to happen last Friday night. And I was wrong. I'm glad I was wrong because getting able to watch Phoenix Rising play at their top level is enjoyable for everybody, no matter what side of the fence you're on. I guess if you're on the other team, it's a little disappointing. But from a neutral's perspective, they play great football when they get to click on all cylinders like that. So I'll wrap out the episode of the podcast like that. We'll have another podcast next week where we'll recap what happened on Saturday night. And I'll have another guest, another interviewee, player, coach, whoever may that, whoever that that may be. Um, but until then, ci vediamo a dopo.